Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. Good morning, Edwin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Jackson? I'm doing very well. I've got my lukewarm cup of coffee here, my Starbucks coffee, and you've got your Panera coffee. Shows that uh, us... Uh, Peters and Pauls can still associate. Together. Yeah, we absolutely can. You know, and I go to Panera every morning and I give them my phone number every morning. They never call, but they do give me the coffee. So that's good. That's depressing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> At least you have the coffee. Hey, today is Acts chapter 22. We're going to pick up in uh, verse 17. Go okay. all the way to verse 21. Acts 22, 17 through 21. I am reading from the English Standard Version. When I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. All right. Thank you for that. A little bit of a shorter reading today. Mm. So let's kind of talk about this for a second. So in verse 17, it says, when I returned to Jerusalem, was praying in the temple. And then 18 says, and saw him saying to me. Mm-hmm. So the him there, I'm pretty sure that's Jesus, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely think that that's Jesus. It's, you know, dealing with grammar and antecedents for pronouns he's he's been talking about the revelation that he had of mm-hmm. Jesus and Jesus was talking to him and so now when we we get to Jerusalem he's not talking about Ananias he's talking about Jesus the Jesus who had revealed himself to him on the road to Damascus comes to him again in Jerusalem and says all right you got to get out of here okay thank you for that so Jesus says to him make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly and so I feel like you look at this and you may think, well, you know, this this profound, momentous change in Paul, it's very powerful. And I mean, would that not just be extremely, I don't know, enlightening? Would that not just open the minds of the hearts of all the Jewish people? Wouldn't <laughs> they be excited to see that, wow, one of our most dedicated believers is now, you know, has come to know the gospel, the very thing that we're trying to destroy and um, refute against, and now he's on their side. So why is it that they would not listen? Why would they not be excited to hear that? It is interesting that we often think it's one of the best arguments in the world when, when we take somebody who was on the other side and they've come to our, no matter what we're talking about, mm-hmm. if we're talking politics, if we're talking religion, Star if we're Wars. talking Star Wars, I mean, it doesn't matter. When we have somebody who was a, a spokesman on the other side Mm -hmm. who comes to our side and so what we want to do is put them up as our poster child and say look look see you're your guy he believed what you believe he taught what you taught he thought what you thought he acted the way you acted but now look he's one of us we think that's going to cause people to say oh hmm there's there's one of my people and and they're thinking about this maybe i should think about it too And perhaps for some, it does, I guess, depending on the kind of respect they had for him. Perhaps for some, it does. But for most, what it does is it actually increases their anger at the person for changing sides. It increases their anger at the person because the the more involved they were in our cause, the more 
example they set for our side, the more work they did for where we were, when they leave, the more upsetting it is and the more like a traitor they seem to us. Does, uh, that, does that make sense to you? It does. So what you're saying is that although it's not exactly the same situation, a similar analogy would be if we had a preacher or an elder that was doing a lot of work and was hard at hard at work and a lot of service and then suddenly leaves the faith, mm. mm-hmm. that hits pretty hard, does it not? It does. It really does. In fact, uh, and I just I, I want to see how I want to word this because I want to be really careful here. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the in, in these debates, especially religious debates on, on either side, I, I know that over the last couple of years there have been these in the mainstream quote Christian I'm you know we're not videoing and we won't but you know I'm doing the air quotes right Some now in the mainstream ears. Christian world there's been these significant deconversions is what they're being called now and people announcing whether they're a whether they're some kind of musician or some kind of pastor or some kind of author, there are these deconversions where they come back and and everybody on the side that the folks have deconverted to Ah, see, look, one of your people came to our side. But you know what? That's actually happened from the other direction. There are atheists, C.S. Lewis, who who moved toward Christianity. Um, Lee Strobel, who wrote The Case for Christ, started off as an atheist and has... And, and moved toward Christianity, uh, accepted faith in God. I, I, I'm trying to remember now, several years ago, there was a famous atheist who, who didn't become a Christian, but he did accept that, uh, that God must exist. And you know, what it did not do was cause all the other atheists to say, oh my, here, here was this guy that was one of us who, who had the same kind of education that we had, who, who has the same standard of academia that we have, who has finally changed his mind. Maybe I should think about that. What's happened in every single one of those situations is, well, that, that person is a much bigger traitor. When it's just when it's just kind of somebody somewhere who we don't know, who hasn't done much, who's decided to flip sides, well, whatever. But when it's someone who has put their heart and soul in something, someone who has led the way for us and they've shifted, and you brought up the idea of maybe a shepherd in the Lord's church or an evangelist who has worked hard, when that kind of thing happens, yeah, it hits us hard. It, it Again, I mean, I have seen elders fall. I have seen preachers fall. I have, I have witnessed these deconversions and never once does it cause me to say oh no i must be wrong it it saddens me for them and sometimes depending on how they leave it does it increases that frustration and that anger because i see this this is somebody who's flipping sides they've left our king they've decided to vote themselves to a different king that's that's treason and and that's what paul's talking about here perhaps there were some jews who respected Paul so greatly that when they saw him abandon, well, he didn't fully abandon Judaism. I want to be careful how I say that, but move to Christianity, become a Christian and give his allegiance to Jesus. When, when they saw that, perhaps they thought, oh, I need to rethink this because of who he is. But for the most part, what Paul is saying here is these guys knew how intense I was, and it's just going to make them more angry. It's no wonder they're not listening. That's a long way around the barn to get in the door, but I, I hope that was, was clear. It was very clear. Crystal. Um, So we pick up. Paul, 
<laughs> oh boy, we just about had an incident right there. Uh, we <laughs> talking about, about the coffee, <laughs> right? So Jesus sends him at the end of verse twenty-one. He says, "Go, for I will send you far away." to the Gentiles. Mm, mm -hmm. So Paul, we just established, Mm. in the eyes of many, would be viewed as a traitor. Mm. And so Jesus gives him a mission, and that is to go and speak to the Gentiles. So, Edwin, who are the Gentiles? Well, Gentiles are basically anybody who's not a Jew. So you're a Gentile? I am a Gentile. I'm a Gentile? Well, I assume you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, most of the folks I believe that are in our congregation are Gentiles. I would say that's probably a mm-hmm. safe bet. Mm-hmm. So Paul is given a message to go to the Gentiles mm-hmm. and begin to preach and speak to them. So therefore, here we are. It's the year 2020. Mm. What a year. What a year. But a dis- despite all of the circumstances going around us, the Lord's Church is in many ways thriving and alive today. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, will Mm -hmm. not stand against it. And so here we are, you know, 2,000 and more and some years removed from this incident, and Gentiles are in the kingdom. What a blessing Mm -hmm. it really is that at this moment, Paul, we see that Paul's journey and his calling is to preach that gospel to, to Gentiles because now... 2,000 years later, we have been added to the kingdom. We have the ability to be saved and forgiven of our sins and to be called God's children. And I think that that's something on the surface that sounds really nice, but maybe we just stop at the surface. But I mean, really and truly considering from the Old Testament on, from Genesis on, this was God's plan to bring all nations to him. And for us to be able to have a part in that today and to be included in his kingdom and to be called his people, his children, is just, it's empowering and it's beautiful and I'm thankful and it just brings to mind, I know that you have a couple thoughts, but I it brings to mind just how undeserving I am of this and how to the glory of God that I'm a Christian today and that I'm a follower of Christ, it is just so inspiring and motivating for me to serve God and to make the most of the grace that he's given to me by calling me his, his child. I don't know why you would think I have a couple of thoughts on anything. Uh, I'm I'm a blank slate on most things. I just no. <laughs> mm, that's, that's not the that's not the impression I've gathered. So. I know why I have stayed on the surface of that for most of my Christian life, and the reason why I've stayed at the surface of that Gentile Jew thing and understanding how truly significant this is is because for all of my life, Christianity has been mostly a Gentile religion. For all of my life, it's just been standard that the folks I know are going to be Christians. I was brought up by folks who were amenable to Christianity, by folks who who are who see themselves as Christians. I've, you know, I've learned from different standpoints of that in our mainstream Christian world. I've gotten to where I am, but but, but basically, for my entire family, Christianity has been the thing, and so I just grew up in it. And it was never shocking that Christianity might be my thing. Or that I would get to be a part of it. It was just understood. Would you come back here 
And you realize how for the Gentiles, at least at least from this worldly outer perspective, I mean, from the standpoint of God's plan, it was certain it was going to happen. But from this from this kind of worldly our view, you've, you've got this issue with the Gentiles standing on the edge of a knife. And Paul is right at the center of making sure that it happens because Jesus chose him and sent him to go to the Gentiles. So Peter Peter is the one who first preaches to the Gentiles and brings Cornelius Cornelius. in. Now we're we're going back weeks and weeks into the podcast as we're looking back at Acts chapter 10 and 11. So we're looking at two and a half months ago, Cornelius hearing from Peter. But Paul is the one who really makes that significant throughout the empire. Again, as as I'm thinking now, remember Peter is the first one that brings it to the Gentiles. But even that in Acts 10 and 11 was paving the way for those folks who had been scattered in Jerusalem to get to Antioch and start preaching to Gentiles. So it's not like Paul was the first, but Paul is the one who takes it throughout the empire, who who travels with with Barnabas, with Timothy, with Silas, with Luke, with these others. And he goes to the Gentiles and because of the work that he did, by the grace of Jesus, I understand it's because of the hand of the Lord, but Paul stepping up and willing to be used by the Lord, it's why I today get to be a Christian because he got that message. He commissioned folks like Timothy, whom he commissioned to then go teach other folks who would teach other folks who would teach other folks until we get to 1973 when I was born. Wow. (laughs) That's really not that long ago. You get to 1986 when I become a Christian and just it's because it started right here. And I'm so thankful that Paul accepted the commission. I mean, I get it. If Paul had rejected God would have found someone else. This was going to happen. This was God's plan. And I know that. So I don't want to, I don't want to act like it just all hinged on Paul because it didn't. But I am so thankful that he stepped up and was willing to go to the Gentiles when Jesus sent him. And what that says for me is, as I read the word, I need to go where Jesus sends me because who knows where that's going to lead in the future, whether it leads to anything or it just leads to me being able to glorify God in my own life. I need to be ready to do that. Absolutely, we do. Thank you so much for that, Edwin. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. If you have some thoughts to share with us, go ahead and email us at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Thank you so much for listening. Edwin, would you wrap us up in prayer? God in heaven, thank you so much for the day we've had, for just remembering your servants in the past. I understand that Paul is not Jesus. I understand that Paul didn't die for me. I understand that he does not accomplish my salvation, but I do recognize you working through him. I recognize you working through those men who went with him. Uh, I recognize you working through the sisters throughout history that have been a part of the gospel message and the gospel proclamation. And I'm thankful for all these Christians. We're standing on shoulders of giants. And it's just amazing to me. And as I think about the fact that that you used Paul to get the gospel to the Gentiles and knowing that I am one, I'm just in awe, thankful to you, thankful for those who are willing to accept your call to, to preach the gospel and get that message out. Help us to continue that on. May we be faithful to the gospel and may we be faithful to pass it on to others who will also be faithful. God, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. 
Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Trademark.